On this episode of Money with Friends, an allowance forever signed me up. Well, guess what? Some millennials are still taking money from their parents. That and so much more we're going to chat about on this edition of Money with Friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast from Detroit, Michigan, and my mom's half-finished basement where we make the Stacking Benjamins podcast. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. And from the great state of Texas here in Fort Worth, I am Danielle Kunkel-Roberts from Boomer Benefits. They don't have basements in Fort Worth, Texas, do they? They do not have that. Too yes. much clay down here. Way Never too much. Never seen one. No, I, I went in one when I lived in Texas, so that was a whole different thing. Yeah. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like our friend Danielle Roberts. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway so that you can make it your own. And now we do that for you six days a week, all in about 15 minutes. And as I alluded to earlier, we have our friend Danielle Kunkel Roberts with us. How are you? I'm terrific. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, tell the few people that don't know about what you do professionally at Boomer Benefits, what it's all about. You got it. So we are a licensed insurance agency that helps baby boomers navigate their entry into the beast called Medicare across 48 states. We teach them all the ins and outs of how Medicare works, what it covers. And then once we get them pretty settled with that idea. We help them with their supplemental coverage. See, this should be reverse because I podcast, which is a lot of fun, but I have almost no hair. You do something (laughs) where the rules change all the time. You're always educating people on this stuff and you have a nice full head of hair. Like it it should be the opposite way around, I think. It's really gray though. My hairdresser just pointed this out to me last time. I was wondering what I've been up to. So it takes every three weeks now to keep it this color. <laughs> I said that at the barber the other day. I'm like, I don't think you wash your stuff because there's all this gray hair. And she's like, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. It's horrible. Can't imagine how that came about. Well, we can talk about gray hair, but I think this will give a lot of parents gray hair what we're going to talk about today. Let's see who's going to kick off today's episode for us. This is Bethany from the Money Mill House. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. Hey, Joe, what's the big idea? All right. Today's piece comes to us from uh, Fox Business. And you chose this one, Danielle. Why did you choose this piece? Well, I love this article because I have a lot of millennials that work for me. And so I have seen this exact thing happening with some of my millennial Uh, employees who have admitted that their parents do still help them with some things. And it's a very interesting piece because that certainly was different from what happened in my generation. Gen X, like I was cut off coming out of college. In fact, I was expected to help send my brother to college who was younger than me. So there was no money to spare. And uh, it's interesting to see that this is a completely different thing in this generation. Yeah. Well, well, let's dive into it. Take it away. All right. So the article is from Blair Schiff on Fox Business, and it's entitled Allowance Forever, Some Millennials Still Taking Money from Parents. Millennials get a bad rap sometimes, often being told they are difficult to manage and even entitled. Now, a new guilt-ridden study says (laughs) nearly half of millennials still get monthly money from their parents. Also known as Generation Y, millennials are typically defined as people born between the years of 1981 and 1996 and are poised to become the largest living generation in America. 
The survey conducted by Money Under 30 asked a thousand millennials about their financial independence. About 46 percent of millennials admitted to their admitted that their parents helped them with basic costs like their cell phone, their groceries and their rent. The study says millennials are struggling with this due to a variety of factors, including their lower salaries, a high cost of living, the need to save for the future and trying to pay down their monstrous student loan debt. In fact, 80% of those surveyed said they anticipate achieving their material goals much later than their parents did. About 13% of millennials admitted in the survey that they don't have any savings at all, while 60% said they have less than 5,000 put away in savings. Well, let's kick this off, Danielle. This, uh, yeah, this idea of, this idea of getting help from parents just, just in general. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't care how old you are. This idea of getting help from mom and dad still is a little bit of putting your tail between your legs and going, you know what? I'm, I'm still struggling. Yeah. We, we used to do, um, in my insurance industry, we have this thing called comedy CE where we teach continuing education. And when they changed the ACA law to let the students stay until they were age 26 on their parents' insurance on that slide, we would call it failure to launch. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, this is something that, you know, was really hard for people to get a handle on, but actually I have a lot of employees now that are under 26 and most of the time, even though our benefits here are good, their parents are still covering them. So it's much more accepted in this generation than maybe it would have been in prior generations. So here's the question then. Do you think that that's because of the fact that times are just different and that's what we do? Or, and the bottom of the piece kind of alluded to this might be a problem. A lot of millennials started off when jobs were more scarce, you know, 2007, 2008, a lot of millennials coming into the workforce at that time. and um, and because of that, getting a really rough beginning. Yeah, and uh, certainly I was glad they mentioned the student loan debt. That is something that's a big deal for these students coming out. They have more debt than maybe we did in past generations. I don't remember among my circle of friends when we first graduated uh, from TCU, us talking about a lot about our debt. We didn't stress about it. It wasn't something that was discussed a lot. And I think that education has gotten so expensive and parents want their kids to go to good schools. And so they're getting into the student loan debt and then they're coming out and working. And another factor that I think affects a lot, Joe, is millennials are a lot more interested in taking a job that they care about, that is socially responsible. They want to work for companies that are socially responsible and their salary isn't always the top thing they're going after. So they may be also accepting positions that pay a little less but provide them things that are really important to them. And they're still facing that student loan debt, though, either way. Well, let's look at this then from the other point of view, based on what you just said there. If if I'm mom or dad and my child decided to, to for love of their life, to go into a job that doesn't pay as well, do, am I on the hook then to pick up after them? I, I, yeah. that, that sounded judgy, didn't it? <laughs> Well, I think it's a it's a tough question because a lot of parents are going to want to support that, right? They want their, their kid to go and pursue their dreams. And so if you encourage them not to work, which is the case for one of my own employees, their parents didn't want her to work during college. She did come out with more student loan debt. And so the help to me seems like no big deal. Like that makes sense. Her parents encouraged her not to work, which means she's taking on more debt. She wasn't paying into that debt while she was in school. So she's coming out with more debt. And then therefore she's getting help from her parents with some of her bills so that she can make ends meet. But, and, and, you know, when it comes to this idea though, of 
you know, you hear about a millennial who decides to become a film major because they like film, not because they think there's going to be a job available. Like there, there's a big piece of me that thinks the more I dive into these numbers and these studies, the more that's kind of overplayed. Like it's very easy to say, damn it, get your, get your act together. When we look <laughs> at, when we look at, you know, the student loan problem is huge. Uh, so I don't think that's just a bunch of careless millennials who don't care no. about the future just going into whatever. No, I totally agree. I don't find them careless at all. Uh, my employees here that are in that age demographic are very hard workers. And so I don't think they came out of college planning on having that kind of debt or, you know, facing some of the costs in big cities. It's expensive to live in big cities today. So, you know, some of the things that they're facing are just a different set of circumstances overall. And I think we shouldn't necessarily judge that if their parents want to help them out with those bills and they have the means to do so, you know, who are we to say that that's not okay? But I think, and I totally agree. And I think though, as a parent, there was somebody... Uh, maybe this is maybe this is the Susie who said this. The Susie, Susie Orman, said this about, uh, and she probably wasn't even the first one to say it. But but you know, you do your kids a great uh, service if you make sure that you take care of yourself so that they don't have to take care of you later. Like at some point, I think you have to do the math before you say, "Yeah, I'll pay for that." I I remember from time to time I would see parents that had almost no money and they would take care of a a child and it was bankrupting them. I mean, it was really good. Yeah. Th- that child was going to end up having to take care of them too. Yeah, there needs to be a conversation had where we set the expectations. So, if you're planning on helping out with some things, do you have that conversation with them before they graduate from college or before you end up lending them money or helping them with those expenses, there should be a conversation about expectations that this isn't something that happens forever. And that especially when those parents themselves go to retire, their cash flow is going to be different. And so this needs to be a conversation that they have with their children. How long can I help you and for what amount that's reasonable and at what point I won't be able to help you. And I think a frank conversation about that's a great idea. I, I, I think that, and I'm laughing because we do this in front of a live Facebook audience and the comments that are rolling in are absolutely fantastic. Lauren is hanging out <laughs> with us and says the Susie, I love that she is a pronoun in front of her name. <laughs> Around <She's>, here she does. <laughs> she, she certainly does. Uh, Kimberly's hanging out with us and says, my parents always said that if they helped us out, they, they got to have a say in what we did. That way, no money was spent on tattoos and non, <laughs> non-necessities. Who Kimberly said a tattoo wasn't a necessity. What are you talking about? (laughs) Maybe if you're in the military, then you're allowed one. (laughs) That's right. A maximum one. um, uh, But on that note, you know, how I want to ask about your relationship with your parents. Did you did? Because sometimes I feel like kids look at parents as if they're a pushover, right? Well, I'll ask X person for money. And frankly, my spouse, Cheryl, her, her dad, I knew was never going to say no to anything, anything that she or siblings asked. He just, he was never going to say no. And because of that, I saw some people in her family, uh, walk all over her dad when he was alive. That's a shame. Yeah. But, but, but your relationship with your parents, uh, was it like that? So in my circumstance, I had a single mom and she had X dollars and she was always very good. She was an accountant, bookkeeper, later became a CPA. So she taught us very early on about you can't just write a check out of nowhere. This is what money is. We had a good education from them on all those things. And so the conversation for me was, 
when you go to school, you're going to graduate and you have to get a job right away. And then you're going to have to help me put your brother through school. And so I knew going in, it was super important that I didn't come out with more debt that I could handle, oh, cool. which led me to apply with more scholarships and try to get grant money and those things that I didn't have to pay back. And I think that doesn't always happen uh, in every circumstance because I know that I did have friends that really had no idea what their college cost and that there wasn't a conversation with their parents about that. That's funny. I knew what my college cost and my parents certainly weren't pushovers. They, um, but, but that was kind of a double-edged sword on one end. It was, Hey, you're out of, you're out of high school time for you to, to swim on your own. On the other end, I was the first male in my extended family that went to college. My parents had no idea what college cost, what happened, which is why it took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree because I was, <laughs> and it wasn't because I'm a horrible student. It's because I could only afford a couple classes at a time yeah. while I pay. And, and by the way, I could have had student loans that helped me do it in four instead of seven. I didn't really know how they worked. I had mm -hmm. no idea the first few years. And then when I did know how they worked, because every time there was a discussion about money in our household, um, we were told to leave the room. Like we, we did not talk wow. about money. So, which is why then I got into a bunch of credit card debt. And when I figured out about student yes. loans, I used my student loans to buy a computer, not because I needed a computer for school, even though that's what I told myself. I wanted to play video games. I thought it was fantastic. Even, I wonder how often that happens because of the video games these days. I bet. I <laughs> bet even, even more now than then. Yeah, um, they're not playing on Atari like we were. No. So in a second, I think we'll have our takeaway. There's so many takeaways in this piece. But before we get to our takeaway, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, M1 Finance. M1 Finance is the financial account that does it all invest, borrow, spend. I don't like the borrow part of that, but it is but it is available. What I like about M1 Finance is, is that when you roll your IRA over to M1 Finance, you begin building an M1 Finance account. What happens is you get a pie. And what's cool is there are no transaction fees. You Your money goes into investments. So let's say you want half of your money in a large company stock exchange traded fund. You want the other half in a bond fund. Uh, I'm not saying that's a great allocation. But, but if your money then automatically goes to those two parts, as the market changes over time, what you'll find is that allocation skews. Historically, the way you meet your goals is by rebalancing it back to that 50-50 mix or whatever the perfect mix is for you. And at M1 Finance, you just hit a button and your things rebalance. So I really like the fact that it's the one finance account that does everything. Uh, check it out using our link, which is stackingbenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash M1 finance. All right. Ready for our big takeaway? You bet. What's our takeaway, Danielle? So my takeaway is millennials face a completely different set of factors, of course, than maybe what we've seen before. But I wonder if this will help them with their own conversations that they have with currently their parents and in how, say, how they also educate their own children someday. Because there needs to be some planning and conversations that go into what job can you take? How much do you need to earn to pay back the loans that you have and afford the living expenses that you do? And then could you be somebody that's a better budgeting educator with your children in the future someday than maybe what you experienced yourself? I, I absolutely love that idea of conversations. And that's kind of my takeaway as well, 
My takeaway is that much like I didn't have conversations about money when I was a kid, um, I find that millennials seem to be so, so up on, on financial stuff. And I don't know if it's the fact that the media is so much easier to get to, the fact that it's, it's out there, the fact that a lot of millennials came into the workforce at a time when jobs weren't a plenty. So it was kind of sink or swim to get there. But certainly looking at that and thinking about what you wish you had definitely should mean that those conversations maybe should be, should be great between you and your children if you have children or you and people that you mentor. And also, by the way, if you're a parent and you have a millennial that you're helping out, I think it's a whole different takeaway. I think you have to do the math on how is this going to hurt your ability to stay retired? Because certainly if it is, that conversation's tone definitely needs to change and we need to figure out how to make sure you're not a burden on your children later. So, uh, yeah, two, so true. You know, two different ones for me. Well, that's going to do it for today. D- Danielle, thanks for joining us again. Hey, I love hanging out here in the basement. Appreciate you having me. (laughs) Uh, Tell everybody where they can find you and what they'll find when they get there. Super easy to find me anywhere on social media is Boomer Benefits. And you can find us on the web at boomerbenefits.com. Yeah, thanks everybody for hanging out today. We'll see you again here tomorrow back on Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends. <laughs>